Welcome to The Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and for the first time in I don't even know how many months, I want to welcome back education editor Tom Tobin. Welcome back. Hi, Jeff. It's great to be here. You've had a succession of great guests, and I'm um, just happy to be back and to uh, join the party. Well, we wanted you here especially because you have been riding herd over our back-to-school section and, and I can't believe that we're saying that back to school starts for some kids next week. So it does. It's uh, well, the the the, the section uh, uh, disc just came out last week. It's got a lot of good information in there. It's kind of a labor of love for us, a long tradition here at the Times, uh, with uh, some hopefully some information that helps folks. Uh, but as I was putting it together, I just kind of you know stood back and kind of had this amazing. Um, this this realization that it's it's such a massive orche- orchestration uh, when school comes together. I think I wrote about it in the intro. There's about 400,000 students going back to school, 50,000 teachers and staff going back to school, and somehow that all comes together uh, every year after a couple of months off, and it's kind of uh, amazing when you think about it. Um, and this year they've added a couple of new tasks that they have had to put together in just uh just about eight weeks uh around uh mostly around security um just uh basically after the last week's uh, last year's tragedy at the parkland school uh we've had some uh major security changes and you've written some about that and we wrote about that in the back to school section yeah I've, i've really enjoyed meeting some of the people who are in charge of security it's been kind of surprising that they were able to get people on board so fast considering how concerned they were that they wouldn't find enough quality people to get trained and in the schools we're talking 40 50 people per school district that is a mid-size like pasco 80 something in bigger districts and so they've they've found them by and large and they've found some good people a lot of people with uh, law enforcement or military backgrounds and and people who really care about the schools sometimes have kids or grandkids or friends or neighbors inside the schools and they really want to be a part of the system it's it, it'll be interesting to see how um, the presence of these security officers, especially in the elementary schools, uh, changes the atmosphere at schools. As um, our reporter Megan Reeves wrote about in her story about security, um, they're trying to do it in a way that that won't stoke fear. Uh, you know, the kind of the officer-friendly approach, the cop on the beat approach, uh, especially at elementary schools. It'll be interesting to see if that actually they can actually pull that off. That's you know there's a new person walking around with a gun uh, all, all in the hallways, and um, we'll uh, hopefully we'll get the, as the year progresses we'll get some feedback from teachers and parents and even some students. It, it's interesting that you bring up that topic because I've been talking to some people who are we're obviously in the middle of school board campaigns right now. And some of these candidates are saying adding more people with guns to the schools is not the way that they wanted to go. They, they feel like it's just adding a false sense of security. Some people point out that we still haven't done things in the schools, like fence them off. Some schools have city roads running through the middle of them. And it's really easy to access the campuses, regardless of whether you have somebody on a campus who's an armed officer or guard now. 
We've got so a couple of uh, candidates here in Pinellas for school board talking about uh, metal detectors that uh, they would like to see and discuss the idea of metal detectors in schools, which really hasn't been brought up as a realistic idea. But, you know, who knows if enough people get on these school boards, maybe that's uh, something that comes about um, as this all evolves. Well, well Tom, Tom, you know, I was thinking because your wife is a teacher, too, and she goes back to school every year. Does she sort of give you any sort of insights that as we're putting all this stuff together from inside the schools that maybe people don't think about, but they should? She would like to see she has a very specific concern and the doors in her school. And I think this is the case in a lot of schools. She can only lock it from the outside, uh, which I think was the case in uh, Parkland when we heard the the. Um, the uh, uh, witness on the scene uh, accounts from that tragedy. Um, the, the teachers had to get outside their door to lock it and then, I guess, pull it shut. She has that concern, uh, as do other teachers. Um, she's anxious. She's going back today. She was anxious to, to see what has been uh, changed on the ground. They're going to have a some active shooting, um, active shooter training this week, I believe, either this week or early next week. And that's... Uh, actually part of a list of things that Pinellas, uh, the Pinellas School District released this week about things that they've done over the summer. I thought it'd be useful to just go over it um, because I, I know that all districts are doing all this stuff too. It's It's been mandated by the new state law. But in addition to the active shooter uh, training for staff, um, you've got um, the mental awareness, uh, mental health awareness training. Uh, they are also re, uh, basically going through all the campuses and doing a physical assessment of every campus, of reviewing their campus security plans. Um, they're putting, they're hiring additional counselors, uh, additional social workers and psychologists uh, throughout the district. Um, they're uh, going to be training uh, students throughout the year on safety procedures and trying to make that age appropriate, as we touched on before. And then the kids will be um, exposed to active what they call, what Pinellas is calling active assailant drills on a regular basis. And uh, Pinellas is doing something unique, too. I, th I don't think the other districts, at least in our area, are doing it. Um, they've partnered with a, a group called Sandy Hook Promise. It's a um, nonprofit started by f folks in Connecticut who were involved in the that, that school tragedy up there in Sandy Hook. Um, and uh, it's a nonprofit that uh, works to make kids and staffers more aware of, of kids, of peers who might be contemplating violence, and also teaches, works to teach the kids to be more inclusive so you don't have these bullying scenarios uh, that, that arise, that, that give rise to some of this violence. So... You know, Tom, so. it sounds like we're like focusing so much on on all the security stuff, and and let's face it, you know, these incidents, though scary, don't happen all that often, and it's great that schools are getting prepared for that. But they're doing so much more too. There are kids and teachers returning to school for like registrations and orientations, learning how, like their new campus works, um, where the teachers' lounges or for the teachers, or where the bathroom is for the students, and and. There's a whole bunch of stuff happening beyond the security stuff, and I hope that we don't all get a year's worth of scary, scariness because you know we were afraid that another shooting might take place. That's a great point. Um, it is the elephant in the room. You know, we addressed it in the back to school section. I we did think twice about that. Do we really want to like the back to school section is usually light and airy. Hey, everyone's going back to school. Uh, isn't that fun? You know, we've all had a nice summer, and it's time to get back to work. 
Um, but and this year it's had a more of a serious uh, uh, tone to it, uh, which we can't ignore. But you're right. I mean, we need to. Um, uh, there needs to be some return to normalcy here. Uh, I think that everyone can agree on that. And sort of this, this, I'm glad you mentioned school orientations and the back to school nights. That's a great way to reconnect with the school. And I hope um, uh, most families uh, engage in those things. Uh, those that those always helped us when we uh, when our kids were younger to uh, get back into the swing of things. Um, yeah, some of the uh, some of the schools are seeing some changes that are different than that. We have a few that were in differentiated accountability. They didn't get good school grades this year, and they're being taken over by these outsider companies. And it'll be interesting to see how they fit in, if they fit in those companies with the school culture. If they change things, rip it up, and and that's happening in Hillsborough and Pinellas County in a handful of schools. Not too many, but it could be a real changer for those places. That will be interesting because you've got uh, school district employees working at the school as always, but then you have different people um, uh, in charge and they are still working with school district administrators. So how's that going to work exactly? We're going to try as a newspaper to get in some of those environments and see how that solution is working because that will be interesting. Um, to see Um, another thing another thing that i noticed though at the on the other hand was some schools that came off of the accountability status and they don't they don't have to do a lot of the things that they thought they were going to have to do i was talking to one principal in zephyr hills who was saying that his school got the c that it was hoping for no longer has to have all these supports and accountability measures in place but the district has committed to allowing a lot of things to stay in place like um, additional roving subs who can step into the classroom and, and help out when needed because they recognize that just because you came off the list doesn't mean that your problems instantly disappear. Yeah, I think that's the um, that's the strategy in uh, Pinellas, at least, uh, with, with their um, this independent company that they've hired to come into some of these schools. I think they had planned on um, whatever grades the schools got this year, that that company was going to come in and help um, the school implement some strategies. So I don't think they're going to leave right away um, uh, these uh, these campuses, and, and I think they're going to be around for a while in some form or another uh, consulting with the district. It, that's, that's the way it seems anyway. And then, of course, we have the teacher. Is it a shortage or are vacancies? At people leaving schools in some cases, like in Pasco County, we keep hearing stories about teachers who are finding better pay somewhere else and leaving just a couple of weeks before school is going to start. In Hillsborough County, it's been, can we fill all these positions in our achievement schools, which have been low performing for a long time? So that's still happening too. I mean, people are still getting used to school. People are getting hired into schools. It's, it's a real fluid time, even though it seems like they should be ready to go back to school first day. We do it every year. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with the, the massive orchestration that this requires, getting all these pieces, these staffers and students and administrators back into place. That's always a, a big challenge, but it seems like uh, more of a challenge uh, this year in some schools. Um, another big change that's coming down the pike for both of our big districts is a change in uh, high school start times. Um, uh, Hillsborough's, uh, Hillsborough County moved theirs from 7.30 a.m., which where it had been, to 8.30 in the morning. Uh, 
And hallelujah uh, for that. I know a lot of people who are really happy. We'll take the extra traffic just so that we don't have to wake up so early. Well, tell us. You have a high schooler uh, in, in a Hillsborough County high school. How is he going to uh, like this or not like he's it? Already, he's already been in band camp for a couple of weeks, and he's super happy that he doesn't have to wake up at pre-6 o'clock in the morning anymore. He gets an extra hour of sleep, uh, which will make it nice. We know that the traffic is going to be a little harder going into the city, but... It's worth it to be able to not have to feel like at the end of the night you either lose sleep or don't do your homework. And uh, over in Pinellas County, they didn't go as far as Hillsboro. They, they've only moved the start times from, I think it was 7.05 to 15 minutes. They moved them to 7.20 for most high schools. And then there were four high schools that didn't change at all. Uh, some at those high schools were not uh, happy about that but the district it's it's a little bit different scenario in Pinellas the traffic patterns are different it's a tighter fit over here uh we're more of a densely packed county the buses have a little bit harder time uh getting around uh so they have to uh, um be a little more careful about about how they uh change their uh their routes and Pinellas has pledged to keep on trying to uh work high school start times to later in the morning. Uh, but the trick is not impacting elementary and middle schools that much. So, Well, we know from having talked to all the experts in sleep patterns and adolescent development that a later sleep time for the teenagers is a better thing. I, I don't know that 15 minutes makes that much of a difference, but at least they're headed in the right direction. At least they didn't go to 645, right? Uh, that's right. Yeah, that would uh, that would have caused an outcry. Um, there are still some people who do like the early start times because they talk about this, that means the students get out earlier and can uh, do their after school jobs and activities. But I think there is general agreement that uh, the uh, uh, people this this age, these teenagers, need need their sleep and they're not getting it, and that impacts a lot of things. That impacts impacts mental health. We're seeing impacts on the mental health front. Um, and uh, it's uh, more and more school districts are starting to realize that and, and, and actually take action as hard as it is sometimes. And, you know, it's really kind of cool to be talking about what's going on in the schools and surrounding the schools because there are still all these elections going on. There's lawsuits in the Supreme Court over funding and in the district courts over over the amendments. And so it's kind of cool to know this, but, you know, all that stuff is going to heat up again real fast, and we have to pay attention to all these things. Lots of balls in the air for this year, and so it is. Um, I'd like to maybe just talk briefly about the funding part of it because, um, you know, back in the spring we had superintendents decrying the uh, forty-seven cent increase um, uh, in per student uh, funding from the state. They said that was way too limiting. And even though, even if it was an increase, it wasn't didn't begin to cover inflation and all a bunch of other costs. And now, uh, two or three months later, um, as the districts are putting together their budgets, it doesn't seem as as dire a situation. I see no major shortfalls being announced. Districts don't seem to be dipping into their reserves um, more than normal, maybe a little bit more than last year, but not in a major major way. It kind of depends which district you look at. I, I was reading this morning that Sarasota is going into its reserves more than any time in the past nearly two decades. And Broward is, you know, making cuts that they never wanted to make because they feel like it's just too tight of a squeeze. So it's happening around the state, but not nearly as bad as everybody originally 
thought. I think we, yeah, that seems to be the feeling. And, and there's also, the, I think, I sense the situation where these districts have just decided to stop complaining and saying, whatever, we're just going to deal with it and serve the kids the best way we know how. Um, and maybe the economy helped a little bit with the real estate market and getting some more revenue uh, that way. Well, let's not forget that the districts were told that they couldn't increase, keep their tax rates the same in order to benefit from increased property values. A lot of districts are just looking at their rollover funds from the past year, stuff that maybe they didn't spend or didn't spend as much as they thought they would, and they're able to use that somehow. And they don't have all those numbers finalized yet, but they're, that's where some of the money is coming in. And growth. A lot of the growth districts are getting more money simply because they have more students coming in. Right. Yeah, Pasco especially. We're seeing tremendous, tremendous growth there. Hillsborough, tremendous growth. Um, it's uh, it's good. Uh, you know, it brings in more revenue, but it brings in more uh, cost as well. So, Well, Tom, I don't know if there's anything else you want to talk about. I know that when the one little thing that I'm, I've noticed in the paper the other day was about lead in the water supply or chemical concerns in the water supplies. There's a study going on in Brevard County. Um, over some schools over there. There's a study going on in Hillsborough County that it looks like it caught some people off guard. But, you know, when my son went back to school and they told him, you know, you might need to drink water from the water fountain if there are too many water bottles lying around on campus, uh, everybody kind of went, hey, you know, maybe not. You know, don't drink the water. So that's just another little thing that, you know, you don't expect to hear about when you're talking about back to school. But there's so many things that are happening. And it's just kind of you got to keep your eyes open all the time. Oh, you really do. Uh, who knows what's going to happen this school year? There's a lot to keep uh, keep watch over, and uh, and we'll we'll be uh, we'll be doing that throughout the year. Well, I hope that you will not be gone from the podcast for another whole year, but you know, um, at least keep us on top of things and remind us what we need to be talking about. I'll be back uh, soon, hopefully, and more important, I'll be listening with all those other people to your uh, your great guests. Well, I appreciate it. So. Um... I guess we'll call it an end there. Uh, that's the end of our Gradebook podcast for today. If you would like to participate in this conversation, please visit our Facebook page, Tampa Bay Times Gradebook. If you want to follow the latest breaking news on Florida education issues, go to our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. And please keep on reviewing. Not many people have done it, but please try anyway the, the podcast. Share it with other people if you can. And um, thank you so much for listening, Tom. Anything else you want to share for the good? That's it. Have a a happy and safe school year. Thank you.